All right, Buzz, here we go. More, I guess, yeah, user user submitted feedback or topics, if you will. Yeah, buddy. So this one, well, the quick encapsulation is we're going to chat about intensity and relative intensity and absolute or mathematical intensity. And this was sparked from, I don't know when this show will post, but a couple shows ago on episode 43, which was entitled, Is Heart Rate or Good or Bad Measure of Intensity? Great conversation, and it sparked some really cool comments on the YouTube post. And one of the comments I've got here was from a gentleman by the name of Darren. And he says, sorry, but I don't agree with something. First of all, Darren, no need to apologize. This is what, this is what we like to see. As, as a reformed Canadian, you don't need to, uh, <laughs> you don't need to lead in with that. Let's see. He said, when you said measuring intensity is by counting reps or checking what weight you did last time and in how much time, that's, that's what we said, I could be super fit now and compared to then doing the same workout faster, but at a much lower intensity. Heart rate has little to do with anything when I'm lifting weights, but if I'm doing cardio, heart rate seems like a useful way I can tell how hard I'm working. Of course, that might change according to how well I'm doing that day. But you said most of the time it can be, but most of the time it's a good indicator for me. I think you may be confusing intensity and it's measured with performance and heart rate as a way to measure intensity. He mentions, uh, you know, he likes to pay attention to how hard he's breathing or how hard something feels if I'm putting in all my effort. So that's, that's his question. And when you read his question there, what's your general elevator encapsulation of that? Um, well, I think he's correct if we go back to kind of the middle part of that statement. And basically, he's making the claim that if you have somebody that, let's say, they do Fran, and the first time they ever do it is 10 minutes, it's a 10-minute effort for them, and that's like the best effort they have. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward a couple of years of training, and now their best is a five-minute Fran. So okay. they've effectively you know, doubled their, their intensity level, which is great. You take that person who's riding at a five-minute Fran and they come into the gym and they kind of mail it in that day. And, and let's say they do a seven or eight-minute Fran, which relative to their maximum is pretty low intensity. Mm-hmm. But relative to their starting point, it's still better or more intense. Uh, you know, he's correct in saying that, yeah, it doesn't necessarily um, mean that that eight-minute Fran is going to be useful for the person whose limit is now at five minutes, even though it was better than it was when you started. Mm-hmm. And so he's right. And I, and I think that's really, in my opinion, kind of the thrust of this whole conversation is what do we mean when we say relative intensity relative to what, right? Why do we even care in the first place? And what's the benefit of kind of viewing um, results through that lens? And I think it might be useful to start with, I always frame this with the two different types of intensity. One is, yeah. and, and this gets mentioned at you know level one seminars for cross, but when we're talking about how much work did you do and how fast did you do that work, you're largely talking about absolute intensity or mathematical intensity. So force times distance divided by time gives you power, average power, if you will. And that's what CrossFit uses when they generally are throwing around the word intensity. And that doesn't take into account anything else other than mathematics. It doesn't matter how you feel. They don't want to know your breathing rate. Um, They just want to know unemotional. Tell me what the work you did, how fast did it take you to do it, how much weight did you lift. 
this was your intensity, so to speak. The other side isn't mathematical. It is more, well, how did you feel? You know, it's relative intensity, and that's relative to the individuals who used to say physical and psychological tolerances. Mm. And I think, as you mentioned, Darren's question or point is accurate, but he's, I think he's talking about both types of intensity without maybe um, having clearly defined them that way. Because that newbie, yeah. you know, what did, what did Greg always used to say something along the lines of with CrossFit? Um, it's never going to feel any different, but the weights will increase <laughs> and your times will get faster, right? So that his point yeah, was- you just get better. You, <laughs> you just, just get, get better. better. So but if you still you... have to operate close to your threshold. Right. And that's always going to be uncomfortable, yeah. And, and so that was a relative intensity deal, right? If, mm -hmm. if two athletes are working out, one is it's day one of a class for them. The other is a 10-year seasoned veteran. And they both, relatively speaking, empty the tank and go as hard as they can. Well, if they did a, the same workout, it, you would think that the 10-year veteran smashed the time of the new person. So from a mathematical standpoint, it wasn't even close. The veteran's absolute intensity mm -hmm. dominated the new person's intensity. But if both of them relative to where they are on their fitness journey, tried as hard as they could, then relative to, the, to each athlete, they both had a high intensity session. And I think it's yeah. just useful to separate the, the relative part from the mathematical part. Yeah, well, and, and maybe viewed another way, if we take a look at using absolute intensity as, a, as an idea, we can contrast what it therefore means to use relative intensity. So for example, you know, absolute intensity is really more of an external comparison. That's the way I think about it. So it's you versus a theoretical best or, or a theoretical possibility for, for how quickly a workout can be completed or with how much weight. Um, so you bring this up all the time where you say, let's pretend that we have a cyborg that is doing a workout like Fran and we program to move at a maximum speed during each repetition. And because mm -hmm. they're a robot, there's no fatigue. There's no difference in transition time. What would that theoretical best be? And you figure out that intensity. And if you were to hold yourself to that standard and anything that you did, you know, below that was kind of rated as a percentage of that maximum intensity, regardless mm -hmm. of how hard it was for you and your ability, that would be rating yourself against an absolute intensity. A more real world uh, kind of application of that would be like, let's pretend you take a, a CrossFit Games champion. You, know, you take Rich Froning, for example, and you say, okay, I'm going to compare my time to his on this workout. That would be another way of kind of looking at an absolute intensity. But relative to your own abilities, it doesn't give you any insight whatsoever. And so relative intensity, the way I like to think about it, is it's more of an internal comparison. So mm -hmm. it is relative to the last time I did the workout or relative to my current ability. And that is going to include things like my psychological tolerance at the time that I'm doing that workout on that day. That's a little bit harder to measure, but the first two are pretty easy to take a look at and determine. So for example, I did the workout last time. I was faster this time. Awesome. My intensity improved relative to what I was capable of in the past. That's great. Mm -hmm. now, going the other way, I have this uh, watermark. I know that I did the workout in X amount of time today. I was slower than that this time. Well, relative to my absolute, I shouldn't use that term because it makes it more confusing, but 
relative to my, my output last time, if I'm a little bit slower, my intensity's dropped off a little bit. And you know, the, the application gets a little tricky because you're never gonna have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're never gonna have a method of measurement that is 100% going to take into account the most accurate expression of your ability right now. That's always gonna fluctuate. And you're gonna have a proxy for that via looking at the workouts daily, weekly, monthly, you'll have a pretty good sense of where you are, but it's never going to be 100% accurate. However, it's the, it's the best way to get close and it's the best way to kind of determine whether or not your program is going to be um, serving you or not. You know, if I consistently come back and efforts that were possible for me in the past are no longer possible, despite mm -hmm. the fact that I keep training, well, that's a pretty clear indicator that my, my program is probably not doing what it's supposed to. But the opposite is also true. If I have all these metrics, I have a pretty good sense of where I am and I continue to see improvement in many of them, maybe not all of them even, um, I, I've got a pretty good sense of how to continue moving forward. My program is obviously doing a pretty good job. So anyway, that was a lot, but to kind of, you know, land the plane and bring it right. back, you know, absolute intensity, you can kind of view as an external comparison to a theoretical high watermark. What's the best possible outcome of this workout and how do I stack up? That would be an example of absolute intensity. Relative intensity would be relative to what are my abilities now? What have I done in the past? What can I tolerate? And how does it stack up this time around? And if somebody was new to CrossFit or poking around the journal or maybe didn't have so much of a, a nuanced understanding that ideally we are hopefully imparting to some people, and they just see that encapsulation that CrossFit is constantly varied functional movements at high intensity, and now they're like, okay, gotcha, I'm tracking so far that there is a, there's a mathematical one, and then there's a relative one. Okay, that seems to make sense. And if they ask the question, is, is one more important than the other, or is, is one of the two the one that I should overwhelmingly use to to guide my training each day? Like what's, what's going to put me on the path to that faster Fran time, that bigger deadlift or whatever it is, you know, what, which of these intensities is the, is the path? Yeah. Well, again, you know, I think number one, I think it's important to point out that they're both mathematical. You know, one, one is just dealing with the absolute mathematical output as an extreme. So what, what is the, like I said before, what is the highest output possible for this given rep scheme, movement selection, et cetera, mm -hmm. time frame? The other is mathematical in the sense that like you could go through the exercise of calculating the power based on how many reps you did, how long it took, how far the, the thing traveled, et cetera. So it's just as mathematical. It's just what are you comparing it to? Are you comparing it to that, that theoretical end state or are you comparing it to a previous effort that you had. Mm -hmm. But to get back to your question, as far as the individual, yeah, you're going to find there's a lot more pragmatic benefit from understanding where you are as a baseline and then trying to push that a little further down the track, relatively speaking. That's how you continue to get better. It's not trying to achieve something that somebody else has done in the past, although that might be inspiring at some point, that's not really useful in the short to medium term 
because it's really all about what have you done in the past and what are you doing now? So again, to land the plane on a pragmatic example, I come into the gym, I'm doing a workout like Cindy, where I'm doing rounds of body weight movement, pull-ups, push-ups, and squats. And I can only get 10 rounds the first time I go to it. Okay, great. That's useful information. That's, that's about my threshold. The next time I come back to Cindy in, a, in you know six weeks or a couple months, whatever, I have that in my mind that what I was capable of previously was 10 rounds. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I've been doing what I'm supposed to and hopefully there's been benefit to that. So when I retest, I should have a reasonable expectation that 11 rounds or 12 rounds might be possible for me because of what I've done in the past. If I were to take a look externally and say, oh, well, I've heard about this guy, Chris Spieler, and in his heyday, he was getting 36, 37 rounds. Last time I got 11, it's been a few months. I've been training hard. Ergo, it follows. Like I could probably get 35, 36 rounds. Well, right, right. it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out that that's, that doesn't follow. It's not going to be the outcome that is satisfying to you, let's just say. So yeah, relative to your own abilities really lies at the bedrock of all of this. And it's, it, it, it really is the easiest way to not only track your progress because the measurements are pretty objective, mm -hmm. but to rate whether or not your program is doing what it's supposed to. So you, you're big on, you know, the pragmatic side of it, right? Yes. You've been doing this, cro you've been doing this cross the thing for a bit. So my question is, you know, saying this as somebody that obviously is fully bought in for the methodology that here's an oversimplification that intensity is key to results. There's my way oversimplification yeah. that intensity leads to the good stuff. And that yep, means sure. trying to do more work in uh, the same period of time or a set amount of work faster or having more weight on the bar that that's going to get me where I want to go. Generally speaking, I know it's an oversimplification. When you walk into the gym or your garage or the affiliate, and, and I think both of us also understand that high intensity does not mean maximal red line near death experience right. every single day of your life. Because for <laughs> most people who aren't cyborgs, that is not sustainable. It will burn mm. you out physically and mentally. You will probably, if you're a normal human being, start to dread training. And now you're going the wrong direction. So that's not what we're talking about when we say high intensity. It's not maximal every single time. How do you, when you walk into the gym or your garage, how do you decide what kind of a day it's going to be when it's like, yeah, I'm going to drop the hammer today or eh, I'm going to hold back a little bit. If you're not using, as I would think some people who potentially disagreed with um, or had a different view of some points of the podcast, but that they may make those decisions based upon what some gadget tells them is going over their heart. That's how they're going to do it. Well, you're not wearing you know, or, or paying attention to that particular metric. How do you do it day in, day out? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I think that um, if I'm honest about it, it is relatively intuitive. And I think part of the benefit there is I have been doing this a long time. Um, some of it is just mentality coming in. It's like, okay, I know that today I feel fresh. I've had a good, you know, string of solid days where I've been resting and sleeping well. Um, I've been on track with my diet. Yes, today on paper should be a day that I can really put the hammer down and commit to a hard effort. I'm feeling good. Um, other days, you know, those same circumstances might be reversed. I haven't been sleeping well. My diet's off track. I'm stressed because of other externalities in my life. 
come to the gym and I might not expect that same ability to push through. Mm-hmm. What's interesting though, is I've been surprised on both sides of the fence. Absolutely. And I, uh, yeah. And, and I'm sure that that is consistent for people that have, you know, some faith in these other measurements that they're using where, you know, a device tells you, oh, you're ultra recovered today and you go in the gym and you just feel like you can never get out of second gear. Right. And conversely, you yep. come in some days and you're like, whoa, this, this device is telling me I am like flatlined right now. <laughs> like I should be, should be getting resuscitated. Mm-hmm. And yet you just feel like you can tear the arms off of the thing. Yeah. And so it, it is difficult to, um, to predict sometimes with certainty whether it's a more intuitive approach or not. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's, it really is. It's taking stock of what I've done recently external to the physical like diet, sleep, you know, work life balance, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and then honestly, it's taking stock of the last time I really put in a barn burner of an effort. Right. I know at this point in my training career that those aren't going to happen every day, but I also know that they are valuable from time to time. So, you know, every couple of weeks, I got to make sure that I really do commit to pushing it a little further than maybe I want to. But that's not every day. And so there's a mental, um, I don't know, honesty, I guess, that you have to engage with where you're like, all right, when's the last time I really went for it? Right. Oh, it's been a while. I should probably put one of those on the books where I show up ready to go. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm quite similar, to be honest with you. And again, probably just from having done it for so long. But it is largely based upon how I think that I feel that day, uh, based upon all the yep. factors that you just said. But I also pay a lot of attention to myself during the warm-up to see with how my brain yes. thinks my body feels actually sure. aligns with how my body feels. And if during the warm-up, maybe I walk in, you know, the baby got me up at some ungodly hour in the morning and I've had three cups of coffee. I'm like, ugh, today's going to be a survival day. And for whatever peculiar reason, during the warm-up, I'm like, ah, got a little, uh, got a little wizard pepper here. Like this, this is going to be, this is going to be a good day. I'll get after it, right? Get a cook when the, yeah. when the stove's hot. And conversely, sometimes I finally got a few good nights sleep in a row. How great is that? Fantastic. And then I walk in and 225 feels like 315. I'm like, whoa, Mm -hmm. what's going on with this deadlift? You know, so I I pay a lot of attention also to the warm up, but I'll also I'll look ahead uh, to the next upcoming week's workouts and what I'm going to do. And, you know, I work out five times a week. I take Thursdays and Sundays off. So I'll see what's going on for my five workout days. And I will plan, you know, and again, I also realize that no plan survives contact with the enemy. <laughs> so this is always subject to change. But I'll take a look at, okay, yeah, look at this. This is this is a short and sharp couplet coming up on, on mm-hmm. Wednesday. So on Tuesday, I'm going to make that just a moderate day. I'm going to go just, you know, third gear out of five. Get a good, you know, be breathing, but I'm not going to just try to like see the white light, be fine. On Wednesday, I want to make sure I got something in the tank to bring it or, you know, or whatever it happens to be. And I'll lay that out with out of five workouts. I might choose, depending on how the week goes, one to two, no more than two out of the five. I'm like, I'm going to put the gas pedal all the way down, right? And one to two, two max. And Two out of the five are probably just middle of the road, moderate mm-hmm. intensity. And then one of them is, you know, low or it's a dedicated lifting day, which is, you know, obviously 
intense in its own desire, but but different in it than than in a mixed modality sort of a way. But I don't look at those five days and go like, yep, all five or fifth gear red lines like that. That <laughs> well, you just can't do it. That does not work. <laughs> at least and, not for long. <laughs> right. And I will say that that plan only gets executed the way that I think it will maybe 50% of the time because real life has absolutely no regard for my future plans yep. at all, whether it's work, <laughs> life, stress, like something's going to change. I thought maybe I'm going to have, you know, that the wife will have the baby somewhere else and I'm going to have all the time I need to properly warm up for this strength day. So it's going to be a gray one. And then something changes. And all of a sudden the hour that I thought I had is now 35 minutes. Well, okay, now mm. we're doing, you know, it, it's on the go. So all of those things factor in um, to how each workout goes and the level of intensity that I personally, this is relatively speaking, you know, whether I'm going to totally go for it and make it a 10 or we're going to be at a six or a seven today. All of those yep. things factor yep. in for me every single day. Yep, absolutely. And I, I think that um, you know, I had a couple of thoughts while you're describing that, your own experience there. And, and one is just the importance of measurement that is meaningful and objective. And so, you know, if you are taking stock of reps, time, load, these really objective measurements, you will get a more clear picture over time of where you are, where you have been, and what's happened in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because especially as you've been in the game a little bit longer, so to speak, like I look back at some of the times that I put in when I was in my 20s, for certain workouts. And if that was my expectation now, when I'm, you know, almost 40, it would be pretty rude awakening <laughs> for my psyche. To, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, and I will say, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty close in a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. Like I don't want to sell myself short. Like I'm yeah. doing pretty well. Like I'm happy oh, with how yeah. close I am to being able to match my 25 year old self. Um, however, if the only metric I had was numbers from 15 years ago, and I was now beholden to that in my mind, I mean, man, that's a really tough road to hoe psychologically. Mm -hmm. So it's important that you're taking stock of these numbers progressively and regularly so that you have a pretty clear picture of what is actually current and not what is just something that's happened in the past that now you're forever kind of bumping up against. It's, it's almost in another way like looking at an absolute model. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll give you a perfect example. I did, I did this workout the other day, uh, Kelly classic workout. If you've oh, never tried to give it a shot. I don't yeah. ever want to do that again in my life. It, well, I'll tell you in my heyday as a, uh, you know, a lean 20 something year old athlete, I, I could turn in a sub 20 time on that workout. And I was really okay. smoking well, in, on that. Yeah. In case, in case anyone's unfamiliar with the, with what it is, five the, rounds for time, oh, 400 boy. meter run, 30 box jumps and 30 wall ball, just the just a puff and pan. Disgusting. Pant. Yeah. And, um, you know, now I did that the other day in my garage. It was a Saturday night. It was in the evening. I hadn't worked out yet. I didn't have a lot of time. I wasn't excited about it, but I needed to get something in. And uh, minimal warm-up. I didn't know what to expect. And you know what? I felt a lot better than I thought I would coming into the second, third, fourth round. And I'm like, wow, this is actually going really well. And my time was not sub-20, but I was very happy with the time I did put in. And if you're curious, you can go check it out on Beyond the Whiteboard. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, again, if, if all I had to go off of was that 
time that I was holding myself to from my best ever from a decade and plus past, right. I would be sorely disappointed. But because I've seen the numbers progress over the years and I've seen where I am now relative to where I am now, I was so excited about that effort because the time was screaming comparatively. Perspective matters. Absolutely. And, and uh, currency matters, right? Like yeah. how current are you with your comparison? I've got two things. Yeah. One is in keeping with the theme of this, of you know, absolute and relative intensity. And the other is a, a fun story about Sam Briggs that involves a workout Kelly. So the, let's keep it on topic oh, that's for a, one second. That's a Sam Briggs workout if I've ever heard of oh, it. Right. <laughs> so I'll say this. I use the BTWB app to kind of, I actually haven't thought about it until we had this discussion right now, I guess blend the two worlds together, right? Because mm. let's say I go out and I do a workout that I've done before, Fran. And let's say I get a, yeah. life, a lifetime worst. Never done it slower yeah. in my life. It's brand new worst time. Well, when I log that, the time and the power up and everything else that comes out there is going to tell me in non-emotional mathematics that intensity. And it was low mm -hmm. relatively, you know, to, to compare to my past. But then in the notes section of the app, I'm going to write down, haven't slept for three days, yep. baby's driving me crazy, felt like a just big pile of dog mess, glad I actually got in here and did anything at all. And that, when I come back to that, is going to give a relative intensity, so to speak, view of a snapshot in my life of that day, my energy level, my enthusiasm, all of those things that are a bit less scientific than how many, how long did it take me to do the thrusters and the pull-ups? And so mm -hmm. in that one screen, I can get kind of a mixture of both, really, which is quite useful. And I started yeah, using little, the little note context. section. I've started using the note section. Yep. I used to never use it. I've started using it since the baby was born almost every day. And it's been, yeah. and I think I will continue to do that. So Here's my Sam well, Briggs story. Oh, good. Okay. No, I was I was just going to say that um, <laughs> that's a lot harder. You know, we're talking about measurements and what you can kind of take away from those measurements and the, the more objective things like reps and rounds and times and why those are so important. And I guess to contrast that with things that are a little bit less objective or more variable, mm -hmm. I guess you could say, things like heart rate, things like, you know, respiration rate, stuff like that. I don't know that you're going to have the same type of information coming back that you can act on. And mm. that's really important. It's Agreed. going to be difficult to take something useful and put it into action if the measurement at its core is not as objective. Anyway, sorry. I can't believe you delayed. There's that apology. I can't believe you There's delayed the Sam Briggs story. So <laughs> Sam Briggs, for, in case somebody is not sure, just the, the engine from England, 2013 champ from the games. Ooh, I want to say. The spot there the I history. think it's 13. I, I think you're right. Because I think that's her number. Is, 13 is, is 14. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. say 13. But anyway, right. she was, you know, back in the day visiting the crossfit office in santa cruz and she was they were doing some filming we might have been filming like an open announcement it beats me long story short we're gonna work out at the end of one day end of the day and kelly was gonna be the worker she must have chosen because there's no way i would ever voluntarily <laughs> voluntarily do kelly and so she says hey do you want to do kelly with me now a no i do not okay because first of all i despise box jumps and wall balls i actually like running despise wall balls yeah you're a good runner and then 
to do it with Sam Briggs is going to be basically a massacre, like because it's such a great oh, workout for her. Yeah. However, I can't turn down the opportunity to work out with Sam Briggs, sure. so I have to say yes. She screwed me over. I have to say yes. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, Sam, I would love to do Kelly with you. And she goes, okay, great, but I'm gonna. I wish I could do a Briggs voice. She says, but great, we're gonna. I'm gonna change it up a bit instead of the five rounder that you mentioned. She goes, let's. We'll get the same amount of work done, but we'll do it more of a chipper style. The runs will go 1,800, Like, okay, cool. She goes, and we'll do the box shrimps and the wall balls 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. I'm like, okay, at least everything's going down. I'm like, great. It sucks no matter Oof. what. And just because she's Sam Briggs, that- she, I think it's, yeah, there's 150 of each. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Trying to do the math in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Then she goes, she's going to use the 20-pound ball, the same as me. She'll throw it to the 10-foot target, the same as me, and she'll be jumping on the 24-inch box. So I'm really going to get to know just how badly she demolishes me. <laughs> and so I so knew. A real apples-to-apples apples comparison here. <laughs> I knew. And to do a 1,000-meter run at the old office, like two laps around was an, was an 800. But we had to do this little zigzag kind of a thing, which I showed her before, but it was mm-hmm. still a little weird to get the first 1,000 in. And so I knew as soon as we finished the thousand meter run, I would never see her again. She was going to just be gone. But in my mind, it's like, I have to make a statement here. Okay, I'm representing my country. (laughs) And and I am going to, even though Sam Briggs is such an amazing runner, I'm going to stay right next to her. No matter if, I don't care about the dance with the devil for this first thousand meters. (laughs) And and if I implode for the rest of the workout, who cares? Step by step. So so we go one lap around. I'm right there with her. We finish the second lap. By the way, I am literally dying, okay, because of the pace. I'm dying. It's like Fran. We get to the point where you have to do this little zigzag to get the final 200. And I, again, can barely keep my eyes open. My heart's going to explode. And she hasn't said a word, obviously. And at that moment, she's confused about as to where the turn is. She turns, looks at me, and says, as if you and I are talking right now, uh, so, Pat, are we going up here? Are we taking a right? Are we, uh, she couldn't have been more relaxed and like not pushing herself at all. And in that moment, she broke my will. I just... I wanted ah. to just lay down and cry. And I think I told her, yeah, we're going to go there. Ah. I couldn't even probably make out what I was saying. We got back in. She took off, gone. I finished like 45 minutes slower than her. And um, at the end, she beat me so badly. And at the end, it was big chunks, you know, 50, 40, 30. And she ran so fast. And this is how you know you're dealing with an athlete that's a psycho. And they don't even know how crazy they are. At the end, I was like, oh, so, uh. you know, you changed up the rep scheme, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. Like, how did you break up the sets? And she goes, what do you mean? <laughs> break them up. I'm like, well, this, you know, like the big sets, the 50s and the 40s, if they're running. So how'd you break them up? She goes, oh, I didn't break them up. I was like, why, right, would you, why would you stop? Yeah, well, how would you do that? So anyway, that's my Sam. It doesn't seem like a winning strategy, Pat. Why, would, my, you, why would you break them up? <laughs> that's my Sam Briggs story. And I, and I guess I'll, I'll wrap us up with, with this. I think what's tied into this conversation is there are things that we think are a good measure of intensity, causal, maybe we would say, and there are things that we would lump more into the correlate kind of uh, category. And although there may be some disagreement, in generally speaking, in the CrossFit camp, we would put things such as heart rate or VO2 max, things of that nature in the correlate camp, not so much the causal camp. 
and certainly correct me if I'm uh, oversimplifying things here, I think what can get into some people's heads is they'll feel that if they chase and focus on the correlates, that that's yeah. the best way to improve their fitness, to improve their right. work capacity across broad time modal domains. And it has been our experience that if you focus on increasing your absolute intensity, doing the workout faster, getting more rounds of Cindy in the same period of time, having more weight on the bar on the next heavy day, and you let the heart rate and the VO2 max and the other things we would consider correlates shake out as they will, that that is the more efficacious path to get you where you need to be. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the way forward. They, those elements will improve as a function of you pushing the boundaries of those objectively measurable elements, not the other way around, or at least rarely. Uh, and it sounds great. I think people want to come into training with a scientific mindset a lot of the time with good intention. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But by focusing on something that really isn't going to push the needle forward, you can be fooling yourself to some degree that you are thinking about this in a way that is really, um, I guess, intellectual, but it doesn't really have the effect that you're looking for. So yes, I think you, you summarized that really nicely. You want to take a look at the big picture. You want to take a look at the objectively measurable elements. How long did it take? How, much, how many reps did I do? How heavy was it? What were the movements? Those need to be recorded. And when they're improved upon, you're going to see the tail improve. Mm. And that is where those, those other elements that are more ancillary get improved, for sure. Well, with that, Darren, thank you for the question or the, the comment on the previous video on, on episode 43. Like As we always say, we read them and they drive content. We want to make sure, you know, Boz and I have things that we'd like to chat about, but <laughs> if there's if there's common or great questions out there that always spark something in our head, we're happy to dive into things. So once again, if you're listening in audio format, we certainly appreciate it. But do us a favor, head on over to the BTWB YouTube channel, find this episode, post a comment. Uh, what do you think about what we have to say? Do you have a different take? Has life shown you or training shown you something else? We want to hear. We all agree. Nobody moves forward. So we want to hear what you have to say. As always. For Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood. Thank you for your support, and we will see you next time.